Hello and welcome. Elizabeth Lockwood here. I'm your host for Mile Long Trace, where we unpack the process of practicing commercial interior design. This podcast is a catalyst to elevate you as a commercial interior designer, to make you resilient and successful at your career by unpacking the facets of the design process, elevating your professional practice through organizational dynamics tips, celebrating emerged practitioners through a series of candid interviews so that you can hear how they navigated their career path, and lastly, creating a Q&A platform to build quality professional resources. In the end, I want you to feel supported in your role as a commercial interior designer so that you can be successful in your career. As passionate designers, we want to elevate the commercial interior design industry by providing credible resources to support emerging practitioners. In order to keep this content accessible, Mylong Trace is seeking industry partners and sponsors to grow this platform. Industry sponsors and partners that are passionate about supporting, influencing, and advancing commercial interior design. Mylong Trace is offering annual and a la carte sponsorship. More information and to contact us, go to MileLongTrace.com. Generous sponsorship dollars support the future of commercial interior design by building a stronger community, knowledge base, and attrition at firms and an industry at large. All right, welcome back to Mile Long Trace. Today we're going to take a look at presentations in the digital conference room platform. I really wanted to come back to that because presentations, they're a craft. It's a practice and it's a skill that has to be honed. And now that we're looking like digital conference room platforms are here to stay, let's talk about effective digital communication styles. So I'm going to offer a whole bunch of tips to set you up for success in communicating ideas to clients and design teams. So as I began to sketch out some of the key tips and lessons that I've learned over different presentations that I've given physically or virtually, I really thought we should come back and start with good graphic communication. What does that mean? It's really about showing versus telling, right? And leading the client or the observer or the design team along a journey giving them threads to tie a story together that's meaningful. The act of communication is the visual exchange of information. That can be through visual forms, that can be using printed words, that can be using verbal words, that can be through drawings or photographs or a combination of these. And the key is really to know our audience, to make sure that we understand where they're coming from and we reflect that back to them, that we are aware of their vocabulary and what what they're used to, so meeting them where they're at, and really, you know, tailoring the presentation, the design of the presentation as a craft, and knowing the audience, knowing how they're going to be showing up, what type of uh, interest level, engagement level, mood even, time frame they have is really important. In general, verbal communication, I always say make eye contact. Know your audience. Avoid buts, ands, ums, likes, all of those words which we use as fillers. Be clear, concise, articulate, and obviously prepared, right? 
And then in the design field, I like to mention that we should be using design vocabulary, but that has to be tailored back to the audience. So making sure that you're not using RCP when it's a new client that hasn't worked in the design process before is really backing up and catching yourself on acronyms that you might be using, which reminds me you guys should all head over and listen to the acronyms show that we produced early on in this season. Sometimes clients can misunderstand information or feel left out if you're using the wrong vocabulary. Other things that I've always mentioned when we talk about verbal communication, and I'm starting broad, and then I'm going to tailor this all down to the digital platform of using Zoom or Teams or Skype, all of those, is mode to stick is one that was introduced to me a handful of years back. And the key to mode to stick to get it to resonate with your audience is to keep the information simple, make it unexpected, make it concrete, credible, emotional, and use stories. And so if you think about each of those is there's this balancing act that you have to play between keeping the information simple and digestible enough, especially if it's on a digital platform where you're sharing screens, the content that's being introduced on each slide isn't too overwhelming, that it's digestible in that 30 seconds that you're flashing that slide. Keeping it unexpected If it's a long-winded presentation where you're having to give a long pitch, is using voice fluctuation, having pauses, having a different pace, all of those things can really help keep the audience awake, make it concrete. So really be concise, factual, and also credible. So making sure that you're citing sources. And then emotional, I think this is one that we tend to leave out of our conferencing platforms is that that disconnect between our fluctuation in our voice maybe gets lost or our gestures or how our body language are all communication techniques that usually in a conference room people can gauge. And that emotion side of it, I think when we tend to go to the virtual platform is we come, become a little bit more mechanistic. And we really... I think need to work on communicating that. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in a second. Um, Another one is weaving stories in so that it's approachable, it's understandable. As far as distinct communication styles go, there's four elements that I usually introduce when I'm talking about a physical communication, and that could be in a conference room or a lecture. And that's eye contact, making three to five second conversations, having one-on-one. And when we're in a virtual platform is doing our best to try to make that translated through the screen. So positioning your camera in a way so that you can physically look at the camera eye instead of looking at a second monitor as best you can, but also, you know, being transparent and saying, I've got two monitors up. I'm still listening to you here. I'm going to be looking at the second monitor while I share the information so that people know why you might be looking away from the camera. Definitely when you're really trying to bring a point home is make a concerted effort to look back at that camera and really drive in your point and then go back to your slides. Hand gestures. You guys can't see me using hand gestures, but that's a really meaningful way for us to communicate information. So go big, linger, practice ahead so that you don't feel like you're having a Talladega nights and not knowing what to do with your hands. 
Another one is movements. That's the third one is movement. Ideally, I say move around the room. Have three to four areas of the room that you're going to move around and you don't want to be pacing back and forth, but you want to have a nice pace to it so that you're not just stuck there looking super nervous. It also, I think, helps get the wiggles out. And then the last one is voice fluctuation. So really emphasizing punctuation, having a good pace, pausing at moments, and having a variety so that you don't sound monotone and super boring when you're talking. So those are four things that we typically look at when we talk about communication styles. The next part I want to bring up, I'm still staying higher level here for you guys, is storytelling. Storytelling is such an important element to crafting a really strong presentation. And that could be through the use of metaphor, the structure of the presentation, is really just looking and seeing how you can weave a story through to paint a picture. And especially if we're walking through spaces, right, is starting with that entry sequence and looking at how you can draw them in and paint a picture of what are they going to see, hear, feel, touch, smell. So thinking about having that opening statement that really resonates with the team to get them excited about what you're going to be talking about. Thinking about adding in enticing elements to do that. So here's where I'm going to get hone it back into digital platforms of conferencing. And a lot of this starts with prep. So the preparation, the before you even get in front of that camera. That's everything from preparing your presentation slides so that they're in a clear sequence. And typically, we're now working in PDF or Bluebeam, and we're sharing those slides in a sequential order, which in some ways is really great because you can then share your your slides and control what the audience is seeing. The challenge is, is for us when we're talking about the built environment is a lot of times we need to see the floor plan in relationship to that perspective or that elevation or that section or that detail or that material palette. And if you put all that information on one slide, it's going to be overwhelming and difficult for people to digest. So think about how you can pace the presentation to give a clear introduction have body content, and then closing content so that you're coming back to some of those elements and some of the slides might even be repetitive, thinking about showing the floor plan again midway through or um, having, you know, details that relate in a way and then paraphrasing at the end. I'm going to talk a little bit more about structure of the presentation in a second, but I also wanted to mention things such as being prepared to always have your camera on. Send out the agenda ahead of time. And really think about the allotted amount of time, the structure of it, the amount of time you'll have for collaborative conversation and how that might go versus presentation time so that you don't use up the entire time presenting and then you're left without feedback. So really communicating that ahead of time so that people are aware and they practice the software if you're going to use Mural Board or another digital platform to collaborate on. Making sure that everyone is aware and comfortable with that software, because really what you don't want to have happen is people be distracted by the software and not engaged in the content. You want to have really good group flow and not have any hiccups with the digital platform. So some other pre-planning things that I thought would be good to remind everyone is, is the art of presenting is about storytelling. It's really about painting a picture, supporting your case with rationale as to why the client might care with each 
a different client. And so going back to, I've mentioned a couple times now, knowing your audience is, it's really important that you are aware of where the client's coming from, what their their triggers are, what their interests are, and gathering as much of that as you can as possible, even among your design teams as well. So I'm going to talk about working with clients or collaborating with consultants or internal design teams interchangeably here is really knowing, you know, where people are coming from, how much time that they have, do they have to leave early, those types of things I think are really important to gather and be prepared for. So that as you're presenting and you're painting that picture, that you're captivating them and paraphrasing back to them the vocabulary that's really key to them. So I, you know, I always say meet the clients or the design team where they're at and then take them further. Some technical stuff is I've found using earbuds that are plugged into your computer are better than trying to use a Bluetooth connection. If you've got kids like me, lock the door or get a lock on your door so that you're not getting hit with a pool noodle. That actually happened to me during one presentation. It was an internal with a colleague, so it wasn't detrimental, but there was a moment where a pool noodle was coming up over my head um, from the kids sneaking up behind me. And definitely if you're in high stakes presentations with clients, that type of stuff you don't want to have happen. If you do, you've got to figure out how to gracefully move through that, right? So lock on the door is key. Take a shower. We, you know, can't emphasize that enough that it's not only going to wake you up, it's going to build your confidence for the presentation. So if you just roll out of bed, you still have your pajama bottoms on, you just kind of have, you know, put yourself together. You're not going to be feeling as confident and giving your all. And definitely nerves can be high even on digital calls. You know, you've got the jitters. You've maybe had too much coffee and you didn't get enough sleep the night before is really think about how you can alleviate that. And there's a really great TED talk out there about power poses where if you hold your hands up over your head for an extended amount of time, in um, a superwoman position or a aha, I've done it type of position with your hands up is that actually will release a hormone that'll give you more confidence and make you feel more confident than maybe crossing your arms and being more tucked in. So definitely doing some sun salutations, some yoga before is good, getting out for a walk, all of those things. Um, even practicing using your voice beforehand. So have a conversation, even if it has to be with your dog or cat is have a conversation to get your voice warmed up so that you feel like you're on all burners. And then going back to taking a shower is wear what you'd wear to a meeting. That's going to not only make you feel more confident, but it's also going to, you know, make you look the part. So making sure to, you know, dress up and be prepared to have your camera on on all virtual calls. And that's even, you know, goes down to putting pants on, right? We've all kind of joked about that, but there's, you know, the infamous calls where someone has to stand up really quickly to do something and then you see their pajama bottoms or something like that, which can feel very unprofessional. Do everything you can to control your situation and make yourself feel your best. Clear up your desktop and that's your physical desktop on your computer. If you're going to be sharing screen, always be prepared to share screen. And avoid having any awkward content, funny photos, 
weird things that might be living on your desktop that people might be able to see, as well as your search browser at the top bar if you're pulling up anything on the internet. I'm preaching to the choir here because we're all designers is curating our background and the importance of that is so, so critical. That we're demonstrating as best we can a professional setting. I think it's awkward when you can see somebody's bed in the background. It's really awkward when it's unmade. And it's been fascinating to see over, you know, however many months we've been virtual is how comfortable we start to get and lax we start to get. I think it's important to continue to emphasize that we really especially if we're pitching to clients and even to our internal colleagues, is the quality of our work can also be reflected in our Zoom background surroundings. So, you know, avoiding crazy flashy backgrounds if you're going to virtually add one and just keeping it simple, um, having something that's special to you that might be a conversation point but isn't distracting in your background is Okay, you've sent out the agenda, you've taken a shower, you've gotten dressed, you're prepared for your camera on, you've developed the digital content, and I've been light on that because I'd like to do another episode more specifically on that at some point. We're more really talking about the physical presentation and techniques within that today. When everyone gets on, give everyone a chance to get settled. I too often see meetings where people have already launched in, and then as people are coming in, it's like, Oh, you don't want to interrupt. You know, there's this, I think there's this concern that people are going to talk over each other because that's kind of awkward. And really, you know, make sure that as many people are there, present, ready to go, that their cameras are on. And then what I really want to hone in today is fully greet everyone. Hello. Hi. Nice to see you, Joe. Hey, how's your kids doing? Oh, Amanda, I noticed on LinkedIn, you know, you posted on this article. That's really great to see. Oh, hey, you know, you addressed this last week. We're going to get to that in a second. Is really connecting as best you can with people. And then also if you're somebody of power in that room, is making sure that you've fully greeted everyone and introduced them so that everybody knows who's on the call. And I think for myself, I tend to not want to interrupt. So sometimes I won't introduce myself and that's something I'm going to be working on is, hey, I haven't met that person before. Camera on. Hi, how are you doing? I'm Elizabeth. Nice to meet you. You know, just like you would in a conference setting is, you know, the shaking hands, the formality of it. I think we need to do a better job simulating that in the Zoom environment. So as you kick off the presentation, Really make sure to manage the process along with the tasks. And I talk about this in some of my other episodes is really coming back to we get so task oriented and we want to like bump, 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 get through all these agenda items. And it always definitely always feels like there's not enough time to get through everything at hand. And I think it's so important to what I was just mentioning is greet everyone is also just managing that process. So checking in and seeing, you know, where everybody is at, having a quick round robin on their understanding of where things were left off last time are all really great ways to start that team meeting. So after introductions, you want to introduce the agenda. And ideally, you have that visually up on screen so people can see and hear it. So we're going to go through these three items. And then as you're going through the presentation, you're coming back to item one. We're going to talk about the conferencing area. Item two, we're going to talk about the bathrooms. Item three, we needed to address some acoustics within that. 
X, Y, and Z area um, is just really making sure you're doing one, two, three, and you're coming back to those so that people understand that pace and where they're at and they can follow along. And making sure you're reiterating that as you move through. After you've introduced the agenda, invite people to see if they have anything to add. Making sure to check in and see if there's anyone that has to leave early. That's a key decision maker is really important so that you know how to pace that time. So after you're going to state the goals for the meeting, you're going to provide an overview of slides, right? And you're going to go through a series. Think about where you can have pauses to introduce discussion points so that you don't introduce 70 slides and then you're like, okay, who has feedback? And most people are probably wondering, uh, what was slide two, three, four, 10, 20, 30, right? Is pause intermittently. We're going to talk about the conference, the flow of the conference room area. Introduce that in plan, section, elevation, diagrammatically. Introduce that and then come back and have a pause moment. And this is what I really think is key. Having that pause, that's long enough that it allows people to think, to formulate their opinion, um, invite people. Hey, last time, Joe, you mentioned that this was something of a concern. Can we talk about that? Do you still see that as a concern? What can we further address? You know, have conversations with them, have some questions prepared so that you can invite people into that virtual conversation and really, really pause long enough. Be okay with that silence for a few seconds. You know, say, I'm going to, I'm going to pause for a few seconds. I'd like to give everyone a chance to jot down some of their notes, gather their thoughts, and then open it up for discussion and feedback. One thing to do early on is to make sure that multiple team members behind the scenes have that presentation in their back pocket in case you're having an internet hiccup day and for some reason you can't share screen or your computer decides to reboot or whatever dramatic thing ends up happening is that someone else on your team is prepared to share that screen as well. And this is one thing, you know, I'd love to hear some feedback from you guys on is I've seen a theme of pre-sending presentations the day before or a week before and allowing the client to preview it or the design team to preview it before you're presenting it. Honestly, I have to say, I do not like that. I think that, so I can see the pros and cons behind it. I can see that it's nice for people to gather their thoughts, to get comfortable with the flow of the presentation. At the same time, sometimes those thoughts are gathered before you've had time to advocate and introduce the item. And so sometimes what I've seen is people come up with, come in with their guns up, ready to jump into giving critical feedback. And yes, we want that critical feedback, but also needs to be dynamic and that it needs to be interactive and it you know, part of that is the vocabulary that supports our presentations needs to be had before those comments are made. So curious to hear what others have felt about presentation slides being sent ahead of time. Um, I tend to steer away from them and am in reluctant to do that because of those reasons. So another thing is to make sure and assign a team member to help manage. So if you're the one that's in the hot seat to be presenting is you may not be able to manage the chat or the 
raising the hands or just even, you know, feeling the room for if people are distracted or dropping off or maybe somebody is accidentally not on mute. All of those fun things that happen is assign somebody to help manage that because there's somebody that could um, be able to click and mute someone that doesn't realize they're muted or unmuted. Um, you know, also having somebody take notes for you, it's really good to have a couple people taking notes and one thing I've noticed is a lot of times we just show slides, but we don't take the notes directly on the slide. And I think we could always do a better job of being more dynamic with our presentations and using them as working meetings to really show what we're talking about as we're working. And so for those that are comfortable with Bluebeam or Adobe Acrobat is using the tools in that to mark up as you're going and make notes. And it doesn't have to be every note. Have somebody writing down, you know, who's attending the meeting, who said what type of thing. That's separate. This is more, you know, what if the furniture arrangement was over here? Quickly mock that up. You can do that in Zoom with the annotation tools. You can do that in Bluebeam really quickly. In Acrobat, you, if it's a if it's a PDF from Illustrator, usually you can grab those different vector layers and move them around um, quickly. So doing your best is what I'm getting at to simulate what we would with our hands and a napkin at a design presentation. So after all the agenda items have been addressed, you've gone through agenda item one, two, and three. Make sure you're summarizing what you've heard. Paraphrasing, which I've introduced in other episodes, is really important to come back and say, I heard you say this. Therefore, our next steps are to do X, Y, and Z and provide a date or an outcome with that. So that is really clear when everyone leaves the meeting where they're expected to go, what the next steps are to keep things moving. Don't forget to pause along the way, check in and see where everyone's at and if they have anything to add. One thing if you're running out of time is avoid glossing over or partially introducing an item. We've had instances where we've partially introduced things and it hasn't been perceived well. And within that five seconds, people are wanting to fire off answers without having seen the whole picture yet. And so I think just like we would have had boards up on a wall and we didn't physically have all of that information or time to present is, you know, being okay saying, you know what, let's come back to this item and this item. I'd like to spend more time on that before we create our opinions. So I think it's also good to say end early. It's okay to end early. It's okay to it's okay to say, you know what, with this last little amount of time, let's go outside and get some fresh air and take a break and be okay with that. We've had moments where we've gotten through our content quicker than we needed to, and there's this fear that you're not prepared and able to share more information and use up full time because you've got everyone in that room. Is I think it's really important to not feel like you need to scramble and get somebody to try to get on the server and download something and find it and present something that was ill-prepared. Be okay ending early. The last thing that I really want to bring up today is our biggest challenge I've seen in the digital platform is forming relationships and creating a collaborative culture. And more on collaborative culture can be found in episodes I've previously produced. Um, one thing I you know, want to bring up is in order for a client or a consultant to trust us, 
you have to have a relationship established. And if you're developing that relationship digitally, you're going to have to lean in and provide time to get to know them, to understand what are things that are important to them, to understand what are things that have been, to understand what are things that have been barriers for them in the past and really, really get to know them on a professional level is going to make your job so much easier when you do have to pitch a presentation to them and talk technically about something. I'd like to encourage everyone is to really consider how you can form deeper relationships over this digital platform and explore ways to do that. What we've talked about today is how we set up for a meeting, how we prepare for a meeting, how we create confidence walking into that meeting. We've talked about how to communicate with a clear agenda in storytelling. We've talked about how to create a nice flow so that you're enticing and creating engagement throughout your presentation. And then in closing, we've talked about being okay having pauses, being okay not trying to address everything on the list if you're running out of time, just being transparent with those. And I think that that is going to make our Zoom calls and our digital platform conferencing that much better. Alrighty, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want more, please spread the love and subscribe to this podcast. You can find supporting information in the show notes for this episode on milelongtrace.com. If you're itching to have a question answered about the interior design profession, visit our website to contact me. Don't forget to follow MyLongTrace on Instagram to stay in the know. Hey, share this with your friends to grow this platform so that we can continue to provide you kick-ass information that is relevant to you and your profession. Till next time, keep designing, y'all.